Last Wednesday night, if you were here, I spoke a word to you about the flow, the flow of the second half. Tonight, I'm going to pick up from there, and we're going to talk about flowing in the second half. And the Spirit of the Lord has directed me tonight to the book of Judges, chapter 6. If you got a Bible and you want to go there with me, to all of our family at home, I had a number of people call me, tell me they couldn't be here for various reasons. We miss you guys, but I'm glad that you are watching us at home, you that are throughout the region and around the world. I didn't know. I wound up speaking in a meeting last night because of somebody that watched our program uh, this past Sunday uh, that said, hey, I was blessed by your patriotic message, and so they invited me, and I wound up, didn't know I was going to be a keynote speaker, but I wound up at the We the People meeting that takes place at Delmonico's, I believe every first Tuesday night of the, is it every Tuesday or Every Tuesday, I've never been there. I know Doc and Norma have, and, and maybe some of you have. And they said, I, well, I'll come by. And when I was talking to her on the phone, she said, well, maybe you could say a few remarks. Well, I didn't know that me and, and another pastor were going to be keynote speakers. But the Lord just, you, you know, opened up, gave us grace. I guess we did all right. They didn't throw me out. And so God was good in the middle of it all. But tonight, we're going to talk about flowing in the Holy Ghost. I, I love of it when our worship team sings along with the message that God has given me. And we haven't communicated necessarily about what songs we're going to do. This is the story of Gideon. You know that story pretty well there. And the Bible, I like the last verse of, of chapter 5. The last stanza of chapter 5 says, So the land had rest for 40 years. So there was no war. The people of God had taken their position. They, were, they evidently was at peace because there was rest. The Bible said the land had rest for 40 years. But then let's look at chapter 6, verse 1. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian for seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel because the Midianites, the children of Israel, made for themselves the, the dens, the caves, and the strongholds which are in the mountains. And so it was, whenever Israel had sown, the Midianites would come up, also the Amalekites, and the people of the east would come against them. Then they would encamp against them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza and leave no sustenance for Israel, neither for their sheep nor for their ox nor donkey, for they would come up with their livestock and their tents coming in as numerous as locusts. Both they and their camels were without number and they would enter in the land to destroy it. So Israel was greatly impoverished by the Midianites, and the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. And it came to pass that when the children of Israel cried to the Lord because of the Midianites, that the Lord sent a prophet to the children of Israel who said to them, I brought you up from Egypt, and I brought you out of the house of bondage. I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptian." And out of the hand of all who oppressed you, and I drove them out, and I gave you their land. And also, I said to you, I'm the Lord your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, 
but you would not obey my voice. Father, thank you. I thank you for your word tonight. I thank you for the spirit of revelation. I thank you for the ability to communicate God faithfully and justly to your people, God, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Flowing, flowing in the second half. Now, I believe this is a prophetic word tonight. One of the things that you and I are going to have to start thinking, we have got to move away from just thinking about having a great service. I believe the church is being called to take back the land of which rightly has been given to us and belongs to us, but we have got to rise up and do it. Notice where the people are. The Midianites and the Amalekites have come in, and they've come in by locusts. And the reason the whole land is there, remember what God said, you have sinned against me. And that's the reason the land, he, he just pulled back his protection, and, and, the, and they were allowed to come in and, and take charge of the land in a sense. So here's a couple of things you need to know. The Midianites mean strife and contention. They come in to bring strife and contention to the people of God. The Amorites or the Amalekites, their name is, is defined as this. It means, uh, it just went right out my head. Um, oh, here it is. It means to wear out. And so that is one thing that I believe the enemy has, has come. They came in so great and so numerous to bring contention and strife and to wear the people of God out. Notice what the people of God did. Instead of standing up for the land that belonged to them, they ran to the mountains and began to hide. Fear had gotten a grip upon their life. And they're crying out to God, and God sent a prophet. He said, I sent a prophet to tell you. I brought you up out of bondage. I've done all of this stuff for you, and I gave you their land. And this is what he's saying to them. And I'm expecting you to hold on to it. Don't you give up what I've done for you. I believe that's why it's so important for us to walk in a pattern of thanksgiving of everything that God has done for us and not lose sight of it because the moment you lose sight of what God has done in the moment of contention, fear is going to have a greater opportunity to take over you. Because you have forgotten, we have let go what God had spoke to us. So God said, he said, I've given you this land. Everybody say the land belongs to us. So now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Which was in Oprah, which belonged to Joash, the Ab whatever his name is, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide from the Midianite. And the angel of the Lord, this is a big A, I believe this was God himself appeared to him and said unto him, listen to what he said. He said unto, unto Gideon, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. I don't believe God is just speaking to a man. I believe God is speaking to his church now. 
I believe he's speaking to his church that will come together as one man. And I believe he is saying this tonight. He said, I'm with you, almighty man of valor. But the church has gone into hiding because of the contention, because of the strife, because of the exhaustion. We're just wore out. When you talk about COVID, I hear people say this, I'm over it. I'm tired of it. You're exhausted by all the stuff that's going on. We've got another little bit of spread of that coming around, like a summer cold and such as that. Never, and, and you know, they want us to freak out about it again. It's really what they want us to do. But, but it's driving the people of God. Fear is knocking on our door to keep us locked away. And so here is Gideon at the winepress threshing wheat. At the wine, you don't thresh wheat at the wine press. That's where you make wine. The wine press would be a, more in a place that is open, that would be where a couple stones are, and they would grind it out. But the wind would also blow upon it to blow away the chaff. But because of fear, he has gone in to the wine press, and he's trying to get him some bread. He is in a survival mode. May I say to us, the church tonight, I wish this house was full. I wish I was on one of the biggest platforms of the world. I, I believe God is saying to us, the church, it's time for us to get out of hiding. It's time for us to rise up out of fear. Sometimes we're even hiding around the wine press, which would represent to me the moving of the Spirit, that we even hide in the presence of the Lord because it's comfortable here. I don't have to worry about the enemy here, but I believe God is saying something to us. It's time for you to come out of the place of fear. Hello. Fear's a real deal. It's a real deal. We all have to battle it from time to time. Every one of us. But we've got to recognize something tonight. I'm a little bit ahead of myself. Let me just deal with Gideon. The first thing that he does, he identifies with him. He said, you mighty man of valor. In other words, I don't know if this is something, Miss June, that he's identifying with past victories of Gideon and the people of God, or he's trying to get Gideon to realize who he is in the present moment. As I met with pastors today, one of our decrees that we're making about our region is that we, the church, will once and for all take our true identity as the sons and daughters of the Most High God empowered by heaven above and we will not shrink back, we will not step back, nor will we set down again. I believe God is wanting us to get this settled in our hearts. We are mighty men of valor or the word valor there would mean a champion or one that has excelled. We are, we are those who are excelling in the Lord. He said, mighty man of valor, the Lord is with you. And Gideon says, oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, then why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles which our fathers told us about? Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. I want you to understand something. When you get a wrong view of God, you're going to have a wrong view of yourself. 
And if you think that God is opposing us and God is working against us, then you're going to feel insecure. You're going to feel defeated. And you're going to go into hiding because you don't feel like you have any strength. But God speaks to him. And he says, he said this, then the Lord turned to him. He said, I want you to go in this might of yours and you're going to save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? I'm saying to the church tonight, God has empowered his church. We are in the time of the unfolding, the mystery that Paul talked about in Ephesians chapter 3 that has been held for this time, that God through his church is going to show his manifold wisdom to the principalities and to the powers of darkness. And he's saying to us, I have already called you. Even in the calling is already the victory. I think there was a song that said something earlier. I'm probably going to get the word messed up. He already knows the end from the beginning. And may I tell you, when he started with us, he had already finished. We look like that God's in the starting line, you know, pointing us to the finish line. But God is actually in the finish line, calling us from the starting line, saying, come on, guys, rise up into the position of who I've called you to be in the victory which I've already assured you of. Your victory's not about your feeling. Your victory's in the appointment that God has given you. He said, go in this your might, and you're going to save Israel. You're gonna, I believe it's the church's responsibility to rise up and say, the land belongs to us. I believe the earth belongs to the Lord, but he gave man rulership of the earth. He gave us dominion in the earth. Why wouldn't God just go deal with us? Listen, you and I better understand something. Why wouldn't God, if he has all the authority and power, why wouldn't wouldn't he go and deal with this himself? He couldn't because he set creation in motion and he gave man authority and dominion to rule the earth. And so in order for things to get done in the earth, God's got to come through us. May I say it like this? It's almost like you have to give God permission. Okay, God, do what you're supposed to do because the earth has been put in our hands. Y'all looking at me real strange. You have to understand something. We're asking God to do something. And God said, I'm waiting upon you to do it. I'm waiting upon you to rise up. I'm waiting upon you to drive out that enemy. He never told us there wouldn't be an enemy in our land. But he did say, I've given you authority to drive them out. He said, Gideon, go in this, your power. In the might which I've given you. And then he said in verse 15. He said to him. Oh my Lord how can I save Israel. Indeed my, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh. And I'm the least in my father's house. And listen to what God said. As the Lord said to him. Surely I will be with you. And you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Last week if you remember. I took us to the prophet Joel. And a prophecy that we'll all. If you're Pentecostal. 
You're going to hear it. You've probably heard it from the time that you were born. In the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters are going to prophesy. Your, your young men are going to have vision. Your old men are going to dream dreams. And upon my servants and handmaidens will I pour out my spirit. Now, Miss Joni, why did he say that? I'm not going to preach last week again. But Joel starts out that in its name means Yahweh is God. Joel starts out with all of these enemies that has come and ravished the land until it looks like there is nothing left for anybody. But God gives a promise. I didn't call that enemy to, to take the land. I'm going to show my hand on it and this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to raise my church up and I'm going to put my spirit upon my people, upon my church and they're going to go in the power that I have. Isn't it interesting? Joel starts prophesying into the future that the Spirit of the Lord is going to come upon the people of God. Isaiah prophesied the same thing. And Isaiah, he didn't quite say the same words. But he prophesied it like this. He said with the stammering lips. I believe it's Isaiah chapter 7 maybe verse 14. He said with the stammering lip and an unknown tongue. Am I going to speak to my people talking about the spirit of God. Talking about the anointing of the spirit. Isaiah chapter 61. He said the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to, uh, to heal the brokenhearted, To save the captive free, to open the blind eyes, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, that year of jubilee that if you have been taken captive and you are in bondage, God said my anointing is going to come and destroy it and your debt, your slavery is going to be broken and you're going to go free. And then as we crawl into the New Testament, John came preaching this. He said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he said, there's one who's coming after me, whose shoe latchets I cannot unloose, but he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost in fire. John chapter 7 says, if any man is thirsty, if he believes on me, as the scripture has said, let him come and drink, and out of him shall flow rivers of living water. And this he spoke concerning the Holy Spirit, which wasn't poured out yet. John chapter 14 he said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house is many mansions, and I'm going to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you are going to be also. Then he said a little bit further. He said, because of what I'm doing, I'm releasing my spirit upon you. And the works that I do, you're going to do also. And greater works than these shall you do. He said, it's expedient for you that I go away, that the comforter may come and be with you. I'm not going to leave you orphanless. I'm not going to leave you abandoned. But my spirit, the same spirit that raised me from the dead, Paul said it like this. If that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, it will bring life to this mortal body. He was talking about the Holy Ghost. 
Ghost that you and I are supposed to walk in. But he said this, don't you dare go forward until you are endued with power from on high because you're going to need the power of the river flowing through you and in you to accomplish the work. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, then suddenly a sound from heaven came as a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were setting and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit began to give them utterance. I want you to know that the Holy Spirit was poured out upon and in the church and He never left us. He is here with us tonight. The same power that raised Jesus is at work in us. That same spirit. You and I have to understand, we're not walking, we're not called to do this alone. That's why he's calling us mighty men. That's why he's calling his church. Oh, mighty men, rise up. Quit hiding. Quit hiding. Quit running from everything that goes on. Stand up and take your rightful place. I've given you the land. Matter of fact, Isaiah This verse hit me today. Isaiah chapter 11 verse 2. I think they got it to put it up on the screen. But I'm going to turn there because this this chapter just messed with me today. The Spirit of the Lord began to direct me. Isaiah chapter 11 and and verse... Well, let's look at verse 1. Listen to what he says. Now remember, Isaiah's prophesying. There wasn't a prophet that saw Jesus like Isaiah did. None of them unfolded the the nature, the character, the life of Jesus like Isaiah. Then shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse. Now we know a rod would would be a limb, but a rod also speaks of authority. He said there's going to come forth a rod, and that is Jesus, and it's going to come from the stem of Jesse. Look at the next part. And a branch shall grow out of his roots. I'd never seen that till today. A branch shall grow out of his roots. What did Jesus say in the book of John chapter 15? I'm the vine and you're the branches. I'm the vine and you're the branches. And he said a branch shall grow up out of his roots. And the spirit of the Lord is going to rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord and his delight is in the fear of the Lord. Now let me define it. Listen, you and I are going to have to learn how to flow with the Holy Ghost. Listen, it's not just a feel good on a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning. I got news for you. He's the same God tonight as he was Sunday. I pray like this. He's the same God right here as he is with Benny Hinn. He's the same God here on Wednesday night as he is with Jensen Franklin. He's the same God right here as he is in, uh, what's the church that's having revival? For a fresh, fresh, some fresh fire church, I believe, in Arizona. I mean, these guys are just going nuts for God. He's the very same God right now as he was in Pensacola 25, 30 years ago. He's the same God, but we, the church, aren't convinced of that. Because we don't act like that. We act like he's something else. But he said, my spirit is upon you. And he has given us the spirit. Notice what he said. With the spirit 
with the Spirit is the Spirit of the Lord will rest upon us, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding. Let me define that for you because notice what he put together. Wisdom and understanding have to go together. It's the soup wisdom is the supernatural thoughts of God that he has placed in our hearts the moment we're born again. Do you know there's thoughts in you? You know the words of God are in your heart the moment you become a new creation? It's the wisdom of God. But this is why we got to have understanding because just because I got the knowledge and I got what God has told me doesn't mean I have the understanding. This is what it really means. It means to be able to put it together. In other words, I'm getting a grip. I'm getting a grasp on the things that God has told me and I know how to appropriate it. Don't sit back and say, I don't know what to do. we got to trust Holy Ghost. You need to start talking to Him. No, you need to start talking to Him. Holy Ghost, what am I going to do? I've told you, I've quit praying. Lord, I want you to move and say, in other words, Holy Ghost, what do you want? What's my assignment today? How should I handle this? See, we've made the Holy Ghost a feeling. We've made it emotion. We've made it tongues. We've made it this. Holy Ghost is God in us and God on us. It's God in us for me and God on me for everybody around me. So he said, I've given you the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of counsel. Not only did he give, him the spirit, give us the spirit of wisdom and counsel, but notice this. He gave it our wisdom and understanding, but the spirit of counsel and might, which means divine guidance and clarity. And the word might there means that we are the champion of it. And we, we know that God will show himself strong through that counsel. So he says, when you've got the counsel of God, why are we trying to figure things out on our own? We need to be asking God about things. Lord, how am I going to do it? Because if it's the counsel of God, it cannot fail. And God wants us to use it every day. I love my friend Steve Sampson. You know, he's one of our apostolic overseers of our house. I I never will forget some of the first times Steve ever came into us. We'd never seen anybody moving the Holy Ghost like that. I mean, this guy just looks like Bob Newhart, funny as he can be. And when he preaches, even now, after 50 years of ministry, I watch him. It just cracks me up. You would think he's never stood in front of a crowd before because he's shaking like a leaf. But I remember in the early years, because I would ask him, Steve, tell me, how, how does this function? He said, you know, him and his wife would sit around. He said, we just believed that Holy Ghost was with us all the time. So he said, while we're watching game shows, we're asking him questions. Hey, who's going to win? What's the answer there? He said, we just put it to the test. We believe that Holy Ghost wanted to be involved in every area of our life. And when you and I get to that point to believe that he wants to help me on a daily basis, not just when I come in here, but he wants to help me. I believe that's why Tim is so successful. Because he's learned to trust the Holy Spirit and to follow the principles of God. Are y'all with me? He also talked about the spirit of the fear or, or the knowledge, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Boy, that's a, that's a great one. To keep knowing who God is and know all that he has for us, but the fear of the Lord. Because we all got a different interpretation of the fear of the Lord. And some people are just absolutely afraid 
and believe that that's what God is doing. That every time I mess up, do something wrong, God is against me and he's opposing me. But this here, let me just give this to you to consider. It was considered one of the greatest goals of a worshiper's life. It means to always be reminded that God is watching. And to realize the importance of living in accordance and according to his will. And to be assured of his constant care. I want you to think about it. I want to read that definition again. It was considered the greatest goals of a worshiper's life. This comes from a rabbi. And it means to always be reminded that God is watching and to realize the importance of living according to his will and to be reassured of his constant care. It does mean God will discipline those he loves. But the emphasis is on a positive, loving, reverential relationship with God, not one of being terrified of him. He'll discipline because he, it's for my good. He's out for my care. Look at this passage in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 4. Can you put that up for me, Miss D? I want you to look at this promise that's in the fear of the Lord. By humility and the fear of the Lord, listen to this. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Now that doesn't sound like trouble, does it? It says, by humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life when I will operate and knowing that God is constantly aware of where I am. He's constantly aware. Go to that other verse, Proverbs chapter 14, verse 26 through 27. Watch this one. This is a good one as well. In the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence. And his children will have a place of refuge. Where? In the fear of the Lord. Where's my confidence at? In the fear of the Lord. Why is it? Because I know he's, where, he's aware of where I'm at. And he's always mindful of what's going on with me. So there's confidence. And he speaks to Gideon. And he says, Gideon, get up, mighty man of valor, because my spirit is going to be with you. All right, I got to land this jet real quick. I don't have time to preach everything he put in my lap. Here's the first thing we got to do. He says, it's time for us to rise up. In other words, it's time for us to get aggressive. It's time for us to get out of the cave, get out of our hiding, get out of all of it. Second thing is, we got to get rid of fear. He said, don't be afraid. Do not fear. You and I have got to take fear and recognize it for what it is. It is a spirit. I was blown away last week when we were in Atlanta among all of those young people. 13,000 young people in that room screaming and hollering out to the Lord. And I can't remember if it was Reggie Dabbs or if it was uh, Pastor, uh, Pastor whatever his name himself, Pastor Jensen, if he's the one that, that asked. But they asked the question, how many of you young people here, you are battling and you are dealing with fear and you are afraid that you're going to die? I looked around that room and I bet over 50% of every young person in that place had their hands up in the air that's dealing with, with fear. 
Never before in history, I don't think, have we heard of so many people in this hour that is dealing with anxiety. Anxiety is nothing more than fear that is attacking us. We have got to, as the church, deal with fear for what it is. I've had to battle it. Probably still battle it. You've had to battle it. Fear is not of God. God never gave us the spirit of fear. He gave us the spirit of love and the power and of a sound mind. 366 times through the Bible, God says, fear not. That's one for every day and even one for leap year. If God would put that in the Bible so many times, we have to understand the enemy of fear that comes to rob us of everything that God has promised us. When the Israelites first went into the promised land, he said, go look at it. God said, I've already given it to you. Go see if it's not what I told you it was. Ten of them or twelve of them walked through it uh, for 40 days and 40. I guess there was ten of them walked in for 40 days and 40. Twelve. They walked through it for 40 days and 40 nights. They brought back the fruit of the land. Grapes bigger than what you can in, in overabundance. I believe God was showing them through the grapes how how, how fertile the land was, how lush God wanted to give them. But they got fear in their eyes and they saw the giants and they saw the great armies and they said, in our eyes, we are like grasshoppers. And Donnie, instead of going in, they decided to stay out. But two of them said, we've got to rise up at once. Joshua and Caleb in the Bible said, because Caleb had another spirit, he was operating in the fear of the Lord. He knew God. God was mindful. He knew God would be his refuge. He knew life and confidence was in the fear of the Lord. You guys with me tonight? Y'all look like a calf stirring at a new gate. I'm not, I'm wanting you to hear what God is saying to us. We got to shake off the fear. If you think the fear is over yet and you think the things that they're trying, I'm telling you, there's still a storm brewing. And the enemy isn't going to give up just because you and I have won a few victories here and there. But there's a storm brewing. I may deal with that over the weekend. But he said to him, rise up. Notice where he met him at. He met him at a timber tree. I think that's very interesting. I believe it was a place of covenant. He said, I want to remind you of something. I made a covenant with your fathers that I would give them this land. And this land belongs to them. And I'm reminding you, Gideon, that your enemy is my enemy. And what opposes you is opposing me now. Are you going to take what is rightfully yours? He said, we can't fear. Then he said this. Let me get to my, we're, we're, I should have marked everything down I wanted to share with you. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Oh. And Gideon ran and said, God, let me make you something to eat. Let me give you an offering first. And when he was preparing it, he brought it to put on the fire. And the Lord didn't even give him, give him a chance to light the match. And God himself sent a fire and consumed the sacrifice. I believe was showing him, I am with you, Gideon. And then the angel of the Lord, in verse 21, the angel of the Lord put out the end of the staff that was his hand, touched the meat and the unleavened bread, and the fire rose out of the rock and consumed the bread. And the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. Now Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord. And he said, Alas, O Lord, for I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. Then the Lord said to him, Listen to what I'm going to tell you. He said, Peace be with you. 
Do not fear, for you shall not die. I'm going to tell you, he said, peace be with you. May my blessings be with you. Fear, get out of here. I'm not going to die. I'm not going to die. You're not going to. You need to start telling yourself. If you have to get up every day and tell yourself that, I will live and not die and declare the glory of the Lord. I plan on living a long, long time. But the enemy messes with me once in a while. Come on. We have to fight off that spirit of fear. Then he said to him, he said, I want you to be at peace. I believe there's a place that you and I are going to have to learn to rest in the Holy Ghost. He's here. Well, I don't feel him. It don't matter what you feel. It matters what God said. Because if you go by feeling, you won't do anything. And we've lived by feeling long enough instead of by the voice of the Lord. Well, Pastor, I don't know. I just don't feel what I felt the other day. Don't live that way. we got to mature beyond that. To come to the point to rest in the Lord and His voice and what God. Do you, don't, don't you, do we believe that God can do anything? That He can, He doesn't, He's going to use us. Don't misunderstand, I've already told us that. But He don't need us to get done what He wants to do. But He chooses and has opted to use us to get it done. And I believe God can do more in a moment than I can do in a lifetime with all of my struggle. See, I'm talking to pastors like this. I talked with some major revivalists. It isn't anything for them. They've gone in for a weekend and wind up being there for 40, 50 weeks at a time. And they said, we had a bunch of us praying the other day. We believe God's doing something new. And it's not going to look like it did. So I said, okay, let me challenge you guys with something. I said, you know what we all do? We all keep reverting back to what we've already, already done. And so do you guys. I said, a couple of years ago when I had my pool, and I had an electric cover over it, and it was operated by ropes. My rope broke. And so I had Chad back there come and help me. And Chad helped me get that rope off of that spindle. And as soon as we got it off, that rope rolled up. And Chad said something I'll never forget. He said, that rope has got memory in it. That's why it rolled up. It's inanimate. It don't have a brain. It has no feeling. But it's got memory. I got news for you. So do you. I told them guys, I said, I know how to, you, you know, I, I, I'm telling you, we're in a time right now, we've really got to pay attention to the Lord. Because one group is saying, you got to press in, you got to stay, and you got to fight. And another group says, we got to rest. And then we got another group that says, God wants to prosper us. And, and y'all may have seen a major leader come out the other day and said, you know, everything I've been preaching to this point about tithing, about giving, is false. I'm saying, wait a minute, you've been a leader of doing that. We're confusing everybody. If we're not careful, we're going to have to learn to stay in the voice of the Lord and rest in it. Are y'all with me? Because I told him, I said, guys, what if God wanted to do everything like in 30 minutes? Because one pastor told me the other, he said, you know, I believe God can do any, I believe God can do more in five minutes than I can stay. But then we, we delight in saying, you know what? We had church till midnight. I think, wait a minute, why did we have church to midnight? Did we miss the first five minutes? 
Did we miss the night? Did we not ask the Lord, God, do you want to heal somebody before we ever sing one song? God, do we even have to go that? I'm, I'm, I'm not knocking anybody. I'm, I'm talking to me because we've got memory of how everything is done. And this is a moment that we got to rest in the Lord. Let, let, me, let, me, tear, let, let me land the jet here. Let, let me get it down real quickly because y'all look like you're ready to go eat some ice cream. He said, he said, now Gideon, I want you to up and tear down the altars of Baal. We just won a major victory with Roe versus Wade. But that is no time for us to gloat in the world and say, I knew it and told you it was going to come down. No, I believe we've got to press even harder. I learned some things last night about Roe versus Wade from the beginning of that. I really didn't know and know what was set up and all the other things that got upset or got set in motion by that. So we, the church, can't sit back. But now because the Supreme Court and what God has done, we, the church, have got to go in and tear every one of those altars of Baal. We don't want one to stand up. And we we got to get the altars of Baal out of our own lives and out of our own houses. We got to tear them down. And then he said, Gideon, I'm going to deliver them, but I'm not going to use a bunch of people. And I don't think it's about the people, but I think, I think it's about, I think it's about how we operate in him. And to make this real fast and get it down, because you know I'm I'm up in the air and the towers already said, get down. And that little guy with the sticks are saying, come on, come on. You know, the guy at the end of the runway that moves you in. So he said, get in. First thing he said, let everybody is fearful. Go home. 22,000 people exit. Let everybody's fearful. I'm telling you right now, that's a number of times it's been mentioned. Fear will keep us from operating in the fullness of God. Second thing he said, I want you to separate the people. Take them to the river. I believe the river represents the Holy Spirit. He said, I want you to let them drink. And he said, those that get down on their hands and knees and drink like a dog, separate them. But those that will squat down and get water in their hand and drink it from here, he said, separate them. And he said, out of those were 300 that would drink. And I believe not drinking like the dog but would stoop down and with their hand and would drink this way because they are watching. They've got their eyes set on what is happening around them. I believe that's what God is saying. There's a lot of people want to get in the river and they want to drink, but they have no clue what Holy Ghost is doing and what the Lord is doing. But God said, I need some people that will drink from the river, but you're going to have an understanding. You're going to be watching for what I'm going to do. And then he said, I want you to separate this 300 in three different groups of 100. I want you to put a trumpet in their hand and, a, and an empty and an empty vessel or an empty picture with a candle in it. And when I tell you to break it, I want you to break it and I want you to sound the trumpet. Here's something that we've got to have an understanding of. Church, we have got to quit you, you know, debating who's doing the right thing and not the right thing, who's in the move of God and not the move of God. We have gifts differing. Everybody's going to function a little bit different. But I believe we've all got a responsibility to be that light that we're not going to be hit anymore and we're going to sound the alarm and we're going to declare the word of the Lord. And when they did that, God began to confuse the enemy 
and the enemies were overtaken. And all the people enjoyed the spoils because of what happened. I'm telling you, God is looking for some people that know how to flow in the Spirit of God. There is a flow to this second half. There is a flow, and it's a moving of the Spirit that you and I are invited into. Are you ready for it? Are you ready for it? You ready to get involved? Are you ready to be more than what you've ever been? You can't hide no more. We're coming out of our hiding. We're going to get ourselves in spot. This land, I'm telling you, that's why I'm doing this regional thing. This territory belongs to God. COVID should have never got in our gates. It should have never come in our cities. But the reason it did, because we the church... First thing we got, we got in fear. And not only that, we, didn't, we, we haven't really claimed land. But we got to claim land. This territory, I claim, I've been doing it for a long time. From St. Louis to Memphis, Springfield to Nashville, I claim this territory for the Lord. It belongs to us. And this area is going to be fruitful and ripe for God. Come on and stand with me tonight. Father, I thank you. For your goodness. I thank you for a people that know how to flow in the Holy Ghost. I thank you for a people that are not going to walk in fear, but they're going to walk in the fear of the Lord. They're going to walk with confidence. They're going to walk knowing that, God, you are with them and your eye is upon them. And they're going to have a supernatural confidence. And you're going to be a refuge to them. And you're going to protect them, God. I decree and declare that over them tonight. Confidence. I speak confidence over you. Fear you exit in the name of Jesus off of the people of God. And, Father, I thank you that we're going to walk in the, in the counsel and in the might. We're going to walk in, in wisdom and understanding. God, we're going to walk in the power of the Holy Ghost and we're going to see our land taken back for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Give Jesus a shout of praise and you can get out of here. Hallelujah. Good night, everybody.